You're listening to the Family Discipleship Podcast, a podcast of training the church. This is Adam Griffin, and welcome to a bonus episode of the Family Discipleship Podcast. Merry Christmas, everyone. We've got a great topic for this episode, but first, let me introduce you to my lovely co-host first, the very merry Cassie Bryant. How are you doing today, Cassie? Oh, ho, ho, ho. I've got my cup of tea and a jar of Nutella and a red sweater on. I'm just, I'm, I'm here for it. You're living the Christmas spirit. Yeah. That's great. Okay. And then the best gift I have ever received, Mrs. Aww. Chelsea Griffin. How are you doing today, Chelsea? On top of the world, living large, celebrating, full of merriment, all of those things. Full of merriment. I love it. Well, guys, uh, I've got really good news for you. You guys know this. It won't be a surprise to you, but I'm so excited to reveal some of the conversations I had recently with one of our sons. I interviewed for this episode, the special episode of the Family Discipleship Podcast. I uh, got the chance to interview one of the Griffin children, Mr. Augustine Joshua, the, the boy that we call Gus. And Chelsea has not heard this. Cassie has not heard this. Uh, but I want to play for you some of Gus's thoughts on our topic for today. So our topic of this episode is talking to your littles about Santa. And some of this will probably reveal some of the conversations that Chelsea and I have had with our kids about Santa. But it's an important topic for a lot of Christians, a lot of confusion around how to handle these things and a lot of differences. So I want to ask you a couple questions before we play my interview with Gus to see if you can predict what Gus thinks about Santa. First question. Hold on. I feel like the competitive side of me feels like Chelsea has the upper hand here. Well, for sure, but I didn't want to... Okay. I didn't want to exclude you. Okay. Oh no, that's great. I'm just, I'm just saying, I, I feel intimidated by Chelsea's knowledge of Gus and his personality. And how he's getting. I, I'd like to remind you that you're a winner, regardless. And <laughs> I'd also like to tell you that Gus is fairly unpredictable. So oh, great. Yep. So is yeah. my middle. My middle yeah. child is the same. Okay, great. Yeah, they're All wild right. cards. Yeah. Let's hear the okay. question. When I asked Gus about Santa, he said one of these following multiple choice answers was not real. Did he say A, elves? B, reindeer, C, Santa Claus, or D, Mrs. Claus was not real. What do you think, Chelsea? Elves, reindeer, Santa Claus, or Mrs. Claus? Who did he say was not real? Well, I could really see him thinking that elves were real because of all like the mythical literature that you get them into. Um, and seeing what a great husband you are and thinking about how busy Santa Claus must be, I could see him thinking he doesn't really have time for a wife and thinking oh. that Mrs. Claus was not real. So your answer is Mrs. Claus. Lock it in. Mm -hmm. Cassie, what do you I think? I was going to say the same thing. I was going to venture that he knows about St. Nicholas and maybe he assumes St. Nicholas was a single man. Oh, maybe. And there was no Mrs. Claus. A monk. All right. Yeah. So Gus has a theory about Santa. Is it A, he's not real at all, no way. B, he is definitely real for sure. Or C, he is kind of real, but really there are many Santas. Is it he's not real at all? B, he's definitely real for sure. Or C, kind of real, but really there are many Santas. What do you think? I think C. You think C, kind of real, but really there's many Santas. What do you think, Chelsea? Gus is very open-minded. I could see him also <laughs> thinking that there were many. <laughs> all right. The person who's in charge of getting all the presents delivered is A, Mrs. Claus, B, everybody's parents, or C, someone called Command Santa. <laughs> What do you think? <laughs> I, I think you made up command Santa. So I think okay. all the parents. All the parents. What do you think, Charles? Yeah, I think he said parents. 
Parents, that's a good guess. We'll see. When asked if Santa or Jesus is more powerful, Gus said, A, neither. B, J-E-S-U-S. Or C, Santa is only powerful for one day a year. Is Santa or Jesus more powerful? What do you think? I just really hope you said Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me crank through these last couple ones. If Santa only gives gifts when we're nice, does God only give us things when we're good? Did he say, A, not at all. B, yes, because God knows even better than Santa what you do. C, sometimes because we don't always deserve gifts. What do you think? Santa only gives gifts when we're nice. Does God only give us things when we're good? I think he said not at all. What do you think, I think he said sometimes. Sometimes, okay. Because we all believe that a little, right? Oh, yes. I can't wait for you guys to hear what he says. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then two, last two, is it okay to believe in Jesus and Santa? I asked him. Did he say, A, no, because only Jesus is real. B, not quote unquote, believe like you're trusting Santa to take care of you or C, yes, because both of them are great. Is it okay to believe in Jesus and Santa? What do you think, Chelsea? What was B again? Not quote unquote, believe like you're trusting Santa to take care of you. I think that's something Gus would say. It sounds like him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think. Last question and then we'll play the interview. I asked Gus, do you know the secret about Santa? And he said, A, Santa is fake. B, you guys, my parents are partly Santa, or C, both A and B. He's fake, and you guys are partly Santa. <laughs> I think C. <laughs> also, I feel like we should have a warning. Do not listen to this episode with your kids in the car. <laughs> oh, yeah. We should have. Spoiler. I think he said the second one. You think he said, you guys, my parents are partly Santa? Yeah. All right. Well, I am so eager for you guys to hear this. Without further ado is my interview with the one, the only, Augustine Joshua Griffin. Hey, guys. I'm here with a very special guest. Hey, can you introduce yourself, buddy? Hello. I am Gus Griffin. Gus Griffin, how old are you, buddy? I love him. Eight years? Yes, eight years old. What grade does that put you in? Second grade. Second grade. And you are, man, you are a stellar second grader. I just love Gus. I wish you guys got to know him better. I'm excited about you guys hearing from him. Gus, I got a couple really important questions for you today. Gus, have you ever heard of Santa Claus? Yes. What do you know about Santa Claus? Um, He delivers presents on Christmas. Where does he deliver them? To our houses. To our, we have multiple houses? How many houses do we have? One. Oh, does he deliver them to everyone's houses? Most people's. Most people's. Whose houses does he not deliver presents to? The people who don't have houses. Oh, okay. That's messed and up. And how do they get their presents? <laughs> Some of them through Operation Christmas Child. Oh, Aww. so Operation Christmas Child takes care of the kids who don't have houses so they get presents from Santa? Not from Santa, from schools. Oh, from schools. Okay. Okay, Gus, I got some really important questions for you today about Santa Claus. Are you ready? Yes. Uh, how does Santa deliver How does Santa deliver all those presents all in one night? He rides on magical reindeer. Oh, where does where do you find magical reindeer? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. He rides on Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? No, because they're not even real. What do you mean they're not real? Reindeer aren't real. Oh, reindeer aren't real. Is Santa real? Yes. 
kind of. So Santa, what do you mean kind of? What does it mean Santa is kind of real? Uh, because there's a bunch of fake Santas. <laughs> oh, so you mean like there's one real Santa and a lot of fake Santas? Mm, might not even be a real Santa. I mean, like I bet oh, there's really? like a Santa of Dallas, a Santa of China, a Santa of all these oh. other countries. So you think maybe there's one real Santa per city or per country? I guess. Oh, did you come up with that or did somebody tell you about that? Uh, I came up with it. That's a good theory. That's a really good theory. So you think, just to summarize, you think all reindeer are make-believe, but you think Santa is kind of real, but there's really just like one Santa per city or per country. And that's how he gets all the presents everywhere? Yes. Y-E-S. <laughs> oh, okay. Do uh, do all the kids in your class believe in Santa? Uh, I don't know. Probably, yes. You guys never yes. talk about it? Does, do you know anybody who doesn't believe in Santa? No. I mean, like, yes, myself. You don't believe in Santa? Well, I just told you my theory. Oh, your theory is that there are many Santas, <laughs> one per city or country, right? Yes. Do they all live at the North Pole together? No. Where do they live? Some in, live in the South. Actually, oh. no, they actually, yes, they all live in the North Pole. They all live at the North Pole? Yes, but actually, no, because lots of Santas, yes, there's like five Santas per country, and they all, I just forgot what I was going to say. Oh, but now there's five Santas per country? Around five. Around five. There's around five Santas per country. But there's no such thing as reindeer. Is that right? Yes. Okay, so how does Santa get from house to house so fast? Uh, he climbs on the rooftops. That's just a guess. Wouldn't that take a long time for five Santas to climb every rooftop in the country? Well, they each have, like, assigned different parts. Oh, they've kind of delegated so they know which Santa's in charge of which house? Or maybe, like... Per neighborhood. So like, oh. hey, Santa number 50, you're taking Timberleaf Drive. Okay. You're delivering all the presents. <laughs> nice. Who's in charge of all the Santas? There is no command Santa. Or, you know what? Mrs. What? Claus. Okay, miss, there's one Mrs. Claus and a lot of per Santa Claus? Country. Oh, one, one Mrs. Claus yeah, per country. Yeah, because all those Santas have to listen to Mrs. Claus, and Mrs. It's an interesting Claus ratio. is the person who assigns all that. Okay. And is she married to Santa? Yes. How many Santas is she married to? One. One. So she's married to one of the Santa Clauses, but she's in charge of all of them? The Santa number one in, oh. in, the con- in her country, she's going to marry. Okay, so I got a really important question for you, Gus. If Christmas, for us, because we're Christians, Christmas is about who? Jesus. That's right. So Christmas for us is about Jesus. Does Jesus believe in Santa or does Santa believe in Jesus? Neither, really. Neither, really? Who's more powerful, Santa or Jesus? J-E-S-U-S. How can you be sure? Because uh, it says in the Bible that Jesus is all-powerful. Okay, is is Santa Claus, is he a god? No. Oh, do we worship Santa? No. Oh, do you get presents from Santa? Uh, some of them. 
how does Santa determine whether or not you should get presents? It's based on what? Whether you're what? Being good, according to the song, like, uh, you better not cry, you better not how. Yeah, according to that song, it's whether or not you're good. Is that similar to the way God works with us? Does God only give us things when we're good? Not even close. Oh, really? How does God work? Uh, he loves you no matter what. Oh, really? Yes. So is it okay if I believe in God and I believe in Santa? Mm, not believe like you're trusting Santa to take care of you. But you can think that Santa is real, but actually in your heart believe in Jesus. Oh, that's really interesting. I, I like the way you think, Gus. What is your What does your mom and dad tell you about Santa? What do we tell you about Santa? Santa is fake. Oh, did we tell you that? <laughs> no, I guess. <laughs> did no. we tell you there's a secret about Santa? Oh, yes. I feel like you told me this. Okay. Well, there's a secret about Santa, and if you ever figure it out, I can't wait to tell you. Do you have any I guesses? I want to know it. Do you have any guesses what the secret is? You guys are partly Santa. <laughs> what do you mean, you, you guys are you partly guys Santa? You guys give us presents for Christmas, too. Oh, so Santa and your parents give you presents? Yes, and some of your friends, maybe. Oh, you think some of our friends are Santa Clauses? No, but oh. some um, of your friends, like, give you presents for Christmas. Well, that's an interesting theory. You know what, Gus? I think you're a really smart kid, and I'm really glad to get this time with you. Thank you so much for giving us your theory on Santa Claus and how he works and telling us about the real meaning of Christmas. Can you think of any Christmas songs that you could sing to us as we finish up our conversation? Uh, Joy to the World. Do you know it? Can you sing it? Joy to the world, the Lord has come, let earth rest. Let earth receive its king. That was beautiful, Gus. Thank you so much. All right. Okay, that was, uh, some of that was cute and a lot of it was troubling. Uh, <laughs> I think that description of all the Mrs. Claus with all the different Santas was, I mean, if you're paying attention, that's like kind of like a, uh, like a starter kit for how to, how to, how to make a cult. Uh, <laughs> I was actually really impressed with his, you know, kind of matriarchal system where Mrs. The, Claus. The, the future is female, baby. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Claus is in charge of all the Santas. And there is no no command Santa. That's it's not a real. one to five ratio. It's one yeah. Mrs. Claus for every five Santa Claus. Well, I was I was impressed with how well you guys did at predicting some of his answers. I think there were some surprises in there. I hope for you, but uh, Chelsea, what sticks out to you from what Gus had to say about Santa? I mean, you you spend time with him all the time. Well, we've got to tell him about reindeer um, <laughs> <laughs> before this gets too far. Um, no, it was it's. On a like more serious note, I guess it's funny thinking about like we talk all the time about how like if you don't disciple your kids, like someone something will right. The world yeah. is discipling us all the time yeah. into what to believe, and our culture has um, both overt and insidious um, narratives, you know, that we can buy into. And it's funny 
now that he's been in school for a couple of years and with other kids that like we have made no effort whatsoever to propagate the idea that Santa brings presents and that yeah. it's based on your good, like nothing. We, we are nope. like, we're not teaching we're them that. S- no, we are so like uh-huh. apathetic about the Santa situation. Uh-huh. And it's so funny that he has a ton of ideas and even said like, no, I don't know anybody who doesn't believe in Santa. Yeah. 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 Sprinkled in with like, he might be fake. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can hear like, you can hear the undercurrent of doubt. He's like, is it real? I don't I feel like you're asking me because it might not be, you know. Uh, but sweet guys, uh, I hope this uh, kind of reveals to the listener, the Griffins are not perfect parents. There are some things that after that interview, I was like, okay, there are some things I want to address with Gus. And it's a little glimpse into our home. Uh, but you're right, Chelsea, he's been discipled by culture. And if I'm not constantly or we're not constantly asking him questions about what he thinks, uh, we may not even realize how his little mind yeah. is getting developed and shaped. Uh, Cassie, this this whole episode, we want to help parents think about having this conversation uh, with their kids about Santa, about Christmas. What are some of the different approaches Christian parents are taking towards Santa that you're seeing, that you're hearing? Well, I mean, you even you hinted at it in the um, interview with Gus, and we actually do it. Uh, the secret there's a secret to Santa, and when you think you figured it out you know, kind of let us know. And that's a Jen Wilkin, or I, we learned that from Jen. Yeah, us too. Um, okay, yeah. yeah. And so we just kind of, I heard her say that once years ago, and I was like, that's going to be our route. So um, that's one of many routes. Well, what's Some that, people, tell me about that. What's the motivation behind saying, hey, there's a secret to Santa? Is that is that propagating something where we're keeping something from our kids? Or why do that? No, and I think we even say a surprise. I don't even think we use the word secret because the word secret can be kind of, you know, uh, it feels like way packed with, I don't know, mystery or even like, I don't know, something that it feels like we're keeping from them or like there's yeah. a surprise and when you figure it out and, you know, they'll ask questions and and we kind of will just play it coy because you can't avoid Santa. I mean, Santa's and ever I mean, you're going to see Santa in all sorts of spaces um, unless you like, you know, live Hermit. in a... Home. Yeah. Yeah. Or unless it's a pandemic, I guess we didn't really see much of Santa a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, our oldest figured it out pretty fast. And then shortly after our middle uh, and that the, the surprise is that we're the ones that are giving the gifts and that mm. Santa is not coming down a chimney and, um, and that Santa is actually, you know, more of like a, a picture. Well, We've taught some about the history of St. Nicholas, but then also just kind of the picture of there's this gift giver and um, and how it's a, a really imperfect image of who God is. Um, but the world is reaching for something and wants kind of ha- wants to have and put their hope in and wants and likes this idea of like a gift giver and someone who rewards good behavior and karma and all that kind of stuff. But um, anyway, so the the surprise to Santa, we just kind of. We didn't want to. We didn't want to send our kids into spaces with their kids, and they were kind of like, you know, raining on everyone's parades with the truth about Santa. And so we just kind of decided to play it coy and and go that route. And so that's what yeah. we remember from the conversation with Jen, and uh, we kind of carried it into our home. And we just don't talk like you guys. We don't talk about it a lot. It's not. That's not the point of Christmas. Our kids know that's not the point of Christmas. Gifts aren't the point of Christmas. So if like yeah. gifts aren't the point of Christmas, then Santa as the giver or is not the point of Christmas. You know. And yeah, I love that method. What are what are some of the other ways that you've seen Christian families? navigate it because it's not definitely not the only one i see it's not very common i would say to say 
no. Christian parents are saying, hey, there's a surprise about Santa. No, I mean, I see Christian parents do all of, the, I mean, do all of the fun Christmas stuff with Santa. I mean, I've seen, we've had friends that have done like the cookie crumbs and the like, they go full on Santa, you know, the mm. footsteps on the roof on Christmas Eve. And mm-hmm. they want them to believe in that kind of magic. They want them to have that anticipation and excitement. And I've seen Christian parents from the very beginning at the earliest of ages be like, Santa isn't real. Santa's a lie. You know, only Jesus <laughs> is, you know, what Christmas is about. I've seen both kind of extremes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think there's there's a ton of grace to ha- be had. I, I do think that like any other topic, you just need to give it some forethought, have a conversation with your spouse yeah. if you're um, if you're married or with your community and f- figure out maybe a way to do it with other people and and plan for it because otherwise it'll yeah. kind of surprise you and you and you'll kind of fumble through it. Hey friends, it's March and that means Easter is right around the corner. In fact, Easter is in March this year. It's part of the reason I'm pumped to tell you about one of our sponsors who's got a really special Easter deal. This is a great time to get some new resources to disciple your family. Our friends over at Lithos Kids are having an Easter basket sale. They've got the brand new Little Pilgrims Big Journey complete box set. It's now available. Guys, I can't tell you how much I love this resource. If you don't have it, you need to go check it out. Kids and parents have loved reading about Bunyan's beloved tale of Christian and his adventure to follow the king's path to Celestial City. And now you can get all three books in one box set along with a map and it comes with a coloring book and the whole thing is just 60 bucks. You can use the code FAMILY10 to get 10% off your entire order at Lithos Kids right now. So what a great discipleship opportunity. To find all this, go to lithoskids.com, see all the items in their Easter promo, including their new release, The Parables of Jesus, and the Kingdom of God Bible Storybook. Guys, we love Lithos Kids. You're going to love them too. Go check it out today, lithoskids.com, and remember the promo, Family 10, to get 10% off your entire order. Sometimes hard things happen. Sometimes they happen to children. When God Makes Scribbles Beautiful is a beautifully illustrated book that helps kids trust that God can take their hard things and use them for good. This picture book imagines that the hard things in a child's life is a scribble following him everywhere. Readers will journey through God's promises from the Bible, inspiring hope and faith in God's good and redemptive plan. Hard things don't always go away, but God can turn them into something beautiful. Available at BeautifulScribbles.com. Download a free parent connection guide and printable scripture cards. Yeah, I don't know any full-grown adults that are super embittered because their Christian parents let them believe in Santa for a little while, you know, no. that are like, my parents are deceivers. Let me tell you how I know. When I was right. a kid, they told me that Santa was real. Like, I don't yeah. know that. And at the same time, I do think there's something to uh, the Christian parent who says, we're not going to deal with any of that. I don't want to yeah. teach them some fake mythology. There's a, a dear friend of mine, Steve, who I work with at Eastside who when they see somebody, a Santa in real life, they describe him as a man dressed as Santa. And I think it's just the funniest thing. Like, yeah. hey, look, kids, there's a man dressed as a Santa Claus. You know? <laughs> <laughs> they don't say they're Santa. Uh, but yeah, there there are people that don't celebrate Christmas at all that are yeah. that have been part of our church. There's because, and we can get into that later. But I think one of the things, Cassie, I think would be really helpful for parents is one of the twisted versions 
of uh, what people might try to do with Santa, and I do think this affects yeah. long-term theology, is kind of the um, behaviorism that we try yes. to use with a belief for Santa, like, hey, if you want gifts for Christmas, then you have to be nice. You have to behave. Tell me about that. Where are we seeing that? Well, an elf on the shelf is like a big deal um, as well, or it used to be. I, honestly, I don't keep up, I think, with maybe whatever the trends are that parents are trying to use to get their kids to earn their gifts. But um, the elf on the shelf was like an elf that maybe moved around the house and you'd be like, the elf is watching and going to report back to Santa whether you were good or bad. And and then you'd see parents lament after Christmas because the elf is gone and now they don't know how to like, you know, get their kids to do what they're asking them to do. <laughs> um, and so I just think that idea that like you're trying to manufacture behavior, behavior and you're trying to like use... Christmas gifts to get good behavior for however many weeks you're leading up to that. It's just like you're really setting a bad precedent for why a good father gives gifts at all and for, you know, why we love our kids and why we, why we give them good gifts. And so um, I know there's a family that we are friends with and they go all out for Christmas when it comes to gifts. I mean, they really, God has given them the means. And I remember the mom just saying, we just want to lavish on them. We want them to be blown away Mm -hmm. um, by how much we love them and and what we are able to give to them. And they, they definitely center Christmas around Jesus. But also I just um, remember thinking like, that's such a great, it's just such a great reminder that that is how God deals with us. He gives us such yeah. good gifts. It's so undeserved. And, mm-hmm. um, and anyway, and so it's more about the undeserved gift than to make kids think that they can earn or deserve what it is that they're getting at Christmas. Yeah, I think a good rule of thumb for a parent is if you're looking at the gifts you're giving your kid on Christmas, and you, you want to consider, is, is what I'm doing here righteous? Or is what I'm doing here rightly motivated? You might consider, am I looking at gifts as bribes or blessings? Am I treating gifts as like, if I can get what I want as your parent, then you will receive something you like? That'd be, mm. That's bribing your kids. Or am I trying to bless my kids? Like the meaning, If the meaning of Christmas, if the reason we give gifts is that God gave Christ for us, if that's the gift that certainly was not a bribe for our behavior. Yeah. Christ was not saying, or God was not saying, I will give you my son. I will give up my son if you will just behave yourselves. No, it was, yeah. it was this overwhelming blessing, despite our undeserving nature, mm-hmm. that we were so beloved that God wanted to bless our socks off. Now, I'm all for, honestly, if we're putting our cards on the table, I'm all for letting kids run with their imagination and developing imagination. I love that. I love reading. I love our kids being readers, getting involved in fiction. But part of me does get, honestly, really uncomfortable with Santa Claus for a couple selfish reasons. I don't like my kids thinking that somebody else bought these presents for them. I I want the parental (laughs) credit. And then also, I just... I don't love the feeling I get that it feels like anything that we're doing that might be treading into deception, yeah. I'm against. Chelsea, is not telling kids that Santa is fake, is that lying to our children? Help help me walk through that. Well, telling them that Santa is real and lives in the North Pole and rides a sleigh and delivers gifts to your home through the chimney is definitely a lie. I don't know if that was like a trick question for me or what, but like, and you know, I'm just calling it like I see it. It's 100% definitely a lie. Um, we, which is why we we really liked the method that Jen told us about before we had kids. They're just saying like, there's a surprise or there, there's something fun to figure out about Santa and that made it kind of a game. And that also made it feel to our kids, like to our oldest boy, like, like it's a win 
Well, where I know a lot of people who were super sad when they found out Santa mm-hmm. wasn't real. They loved the magic. They loved all of that. And they were super sad to find out it wasn't real. And where and it gave our oldest boy the opportunity to feel like like you're a winner, like you're on top of it because you figured it out. You're not let down. Uh, but we also didn't do a lot to propagate the lie. We were just kind of like, it's kind of like Santa. He's a like a Christmas character type thing. Um, oh, that's a great way to phrase you it. You know what I mean? Kind of like yeah. Frosty the Snowman where you're or like- Grinch. Yeah, yeah, he's a character, you know. And so I do think, I mean, and some people who know Adam and I well know that when it comes to surprises, if we're going to do a surprise party or something like that, it's very important to us to be able to surprise the other one without taking part in a tangled web of lies. Right. Um, because while it's it might seem minor, I just don't want to practice looking into Adam's face and telling him something that's not true. Yeah. Even though later I might be like, yeah, it was for a good cause or like, isn't that funny? But like, no, literally I looked you in the eyes and I said something to you and it was just a bold faced lie. Like, yeah. yeah, it was to bless you, but I just think that uh, the Bible says God's going to always give us a way out, right? So maybe God's totally down with surprise parties, but um, <laughs> it, in the tangled web of lies, but uh, but we're not. And I and I found that, you know, I threw out him a surprise party for his 40th birthday and it wasn't that hard, honestly. Um, and even on the way to the party, I said, there are some people um, from church who want to have dinner with you. That was true. It was totally true. I didn't mention yeah. that it was a house a full lot of people. Of us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He said, who? I said, well, just, you know, some people um, from home group. And, and at certain points, I don't ask too many questions. It'll be fun. Just come, just come, you know, but... But the tangled web of lies is just not something we want to practice in our marriage and then like right. forgive it because there was a gift tied to it, right? Um and similarly with our kids, I just want them, I want them to know and believe. I know that it's, you know, seen as a fun and a silly thing. And I, and I do too love the imagination aspect of it, of a kid mm-hmm. like kind of having their mind filled with wonder and um, just something really whimsical is, is really sweet as a child. Um, however, I don't want to make this practice of like, I look right into your eyes, my son, and I tell you things that are absolutely not true. Mm-hmm. I want him yeah. to know. So, I mean, if my kids look at me and say, mom, it, is Santa real? Is that real? I'm just going to say no. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, it's right. not. And that was never, that question wasn't posed till later. It was kind of mm-hmm. like, does Santa come down, does Santa come through the mm-hmm. door or come to the chimney? And I was like, I would, you know, be like, well, the story goes. Yeah. I would just kind of yeah, be like, like, the story goes like yeah. this. Yeah. Or I say, people we'll just, say. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm like, but you know, there's a surprise to Santa. So you let yeah. me know when That's you think good. you figured it out. <laughs> That's good. But I feel like, Cassie, I feel like the person who's kind of anti-talking about Santa and because they follow Christ might say that Santa, even the imagination, is a distraction from what we're trying to celebrate with our kids. We're trying to celebrate the incarnation. Uh, what do you say to the parent who's who's feeling right now, like even the conversation we're having about the wonder and whatever is going, yeah, but the wonder should be about the fact that God came to earth. Does yeah. Santa distract us from what we're trying to celebrate? I mean, sure. I, Santa and I mean, and a lot of other things distract us. I mean, Christmas is full of distractions. And I think though that there's always a way, there's, you know, you talk about how God makes a way out of temptation. I feel like there's also always a way to point and to kind of redeem something. Mm-hmm. And so where there is something that feels distracting or maybe is taking our families, you know, off course or consuming up too much of our time or conversation and it's not where we want it to be, then we just need to kind of find what it is that maybe is capturing our kids' hearts or 
our minds and, and imaginations and, and recenter it on what we know to be the truly amazing um, and awe-inspiring thing about Christmas. And so, I mean, the idea that God became flesh is yeah. awe-inspiring. That is incredible, miraculous. It's amazing. And so there's an opportunity to refocus on that, like for them yeah. to imagine God eternal, you know, choosing to submit and humble and become a baby, you know, I mean, it's yeah. crazy to think about. And so it's just re, um, it's kind of re-engaging them and rewiring them. But I, Santa's one of many distractions to answer your yeah. question. Yeah. And I think, I think that's a great point. And it reminds me too about the fact that if we start to think as Christians, actually the holiday was built for celebrating the incarnation, we will have trouble finding the roots of that holiday in the Bible. We, we will not be able to say like, well, here's where the Bible mm. says, December 25th, do not dedicate this to anything but to celebrating the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Now, we as Christians uh, love to celebrate the incarnation at Christmas. I, I really do. I love Christmas service. I love, I love getting together on Christmas Eve with our church. I love family getting together. I love exchanging gifts. I love all their traditions. But the truth is there's not a biblical precedent for this holiday. This is not like, hey, there was the Passover, there was the Feast of Booths, now there's Christmas. Yeah, we we don't have that. So when we kind of make the argument like, well, Christmas is becoming too much about Santa, it should be more about Jesus. I I really believe like, I, I get that argument, but the truth is every day yeah. I want to have more about Jesus. I, mm-hmm. Every day I want to have more about the incarnation and not just say Santa's stealing this day that was set aside. No, if anything is distracting me any day of the year, I want to be discipling my kid every opportunity we find. Now, at the same time, I think Christmas gives us some great opportunities to center our family's life and traditions around Christ. Chelsea, can you help us think about what kind of traditions come up this time of year that maybe help us focus our families uh, and disciple our families to point towards Jesus? Yeah, I think there's a lot. Um, there's some really easy ones. Obviously, uh, gift giving um, is a huge opportunity to talk about God being as uh, God being the giver of all good things and um, how generous he is and how lavish his, his love and generosity is. Um, so that's an easy one. Um, lights on, on the house outside, I think is awesome. Um, time to point to, to our kids that, you know, Jesus is the light of the world. And um, uh, another thing I really like is um, like whatever version people have of like an advent calendar or like the little yeah. paper chain, those types of things where for little kids, they're brewing this excitement for Christmas day or mm-hmm. for gifts. And um, we want them to have this anticipation and this like learning to wait. And we wait with hope and with excitement, not with cynicism, um, but we wait with hope and excitement that God is going to do a good thing and that we're going to, we are going to receive good things from God. Um, And so I like that one a lot um, in terms of teaching our kids like to wait with hope, Um, not just for Christmas day, but in general, that that's what the believer does, that through difficult times, we wait with hope. Um, through suffering. And um, and then in general, we wait with hope that his promise um, is going to be fulfilled, that Jesus is going to come back and get us and we're going to spend eternity with him. So, um, but yeah, people have a lot of ways of doing that with, you know, cr- the Christmas tree. There's a lot of stuff about that out there. 
that you can yeah. Google. Uh, there's a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of sweet stuff like that that uh, people yeah. can do, the um, Advent wreath and the lighting candles and stuff like that. Cassie, is there anything your family does for Advent? Yeah, I mean, we uh, we usually follow through an Advent guide. Uh, the Jesus Storybook has a great reading plan for younger preschoolers. Um, we last year got some ornaments that kind of walk through um, like the prophecies and um, and then goes through the the narrative of Mary and Joseph and Jesus being born. And then, you know, you read, you read that and then the girls get to go hang in on the tree. Um, I think something to just to encourage parents is like Advent is such a great launching pad for great have new habits, like for reading Amen. scripture. Yeah. And so like, if you are new to family discipleship or if you are just getting started or if you've fallen out of a rhythm, which is totally, that happens. Like it's happened to us plenty of times. Advent's such a great, it's almost like kind of a new year, right? You know, you're like kind of starting back up. There's a ton of great resources and you can kind of get started and then go ahead and make a plan for January so that you can keep up the habit, keep up Good. the rhythm of being in God's word and, um, and pointing your kids to Jesus so that you're not, you don't become the family that only talks about it at Christmas and then Easter, right? Yeah. Um, but that, like you said, that every day is centered on his word and um, on just worshiping Jesus. So that's great. There's definitely, those are, those are great examples of things that uh, we can incorporate. I think there's also some things we do as Christians want to fight against at this time of year. There is a real consumerist push, a materialistic push, a gift getting centrality to this holiday. And we instead, I, I think, especially as your kids get older, as you're having, as you're raising teenagers, you want to center more of this season on gift giving and how can we be generous? I know in the Griffin family, uh, December is around the time of year where Chelsea and I are looking at how much did we make this year? Then have we given away everything that we wanted to give away? Mm. And if we want to give away more, who do we want to give it to? With our kids, we're thinking not just of having them write Christmas lists, but of what they'd like to give to somebody else. We're trying to teach generosity, not just the overwhelming surprise of God's lavish goodness, which is great. We want to also teach them generosity. One of the things Chelsea had us do a couple of years ago is we made, I can't remember if it was cookies or brownies, but we took it to uh, the police station down the street from our house uh, because there's people that are working on Christmas. And so it was an opportunity to remind our kids that while we have a holiday, uh, we went and brought, um, I think it was brownies, to the local police department. Do you remember, Chelsea, what happened when we walked in there with those brownies? Oh, yeah. It was awesome because at a time of thinking about God's gifts and His mercy, we actually got to see some justice um, <laughs> taking place. <laughs> and I was reminded why people often just choose the fire department to, to bless on Christmas <laughs> instead of bringing their children into the police department. But we saw a man who did not think the laws were for him. And um, he was uh, being helped to understand um, <laughs> that the laws are good. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember standing at the Our counter. Children. I just remember standing at the counter handing handing treats to the police officers and we were like, you guys having a good night? And we're like, we are. The guy behind you isn't. We turn around, there's like a, a big man in handcuffs waiting to get through the door with some officers. Oh my goodness. Uh, it, it was, was a good great. time. It's a lot, it was a lot easier when we uh we've also done that at the hospital. And I grew up, my mom was a nurse, and I remember we grew up to going up to the hospital and um like cooking breakfast um for the night shift nurses around like five or six AM on on Christmas morning. And so that's something that my mom kind of instilled in me of just like to be thinking about people who can't do uh the same thing you're getting to do. Yeah. And um 
And so that was really sweet and not as not as traumatic for our kids. But now there's COVID and we're not allowed to go up there. But, <laughs> well, you guys have brought up a lot of good things. I think just to kind of put a bow on it, if I can use a Christmas pun, uh, I, I think if we can encourage, <laughs> if we can, sorry, my wife, you can't see her, but she's shaking her head, rolling her eyes at me. I right tried now. to give a genuine laugh there and it like came out, it still was, didn't come out great. Sorry. It was, it was insincere and that's okay. I think if we can encourage our listeners, consider how you can tie everything back to Jesus. And this goes not just for Christmas, but for all year. I think Cassie brought up a great point. If you don't have a current rhythm of reading and praying and singing together, Christmas is a fantastic time to start. We've even done some old school stuff. We've caroled uh, from mm-hmm. door to door in our neighborhood with some of our neighbors. Chelsea, you'll have to ask her in the unrated version of how that of the Family Discipleship Podcast, how our caroling went, or Cassie can ask her off air, but uh, that was was entertaining. We got to meet some of our neighbors. I would also encourage you to start four weeks early. Let's start with Advent. Don't just wait till Christmas to start reading your Bibles together. And then uh, something Cassie mentioned earlier that one of your friends does, I do think if we can uh, make it as memorable as possible, make it a milestone for your family, make some traditions, do some things you do every year to celebrate. And it I get, I get the imagination of Santa and having the conversation with your kids about Santa, but Christmas is such a great opportunity to point to why our culture loves Santa. Mm-hmm. Because what they really want is what they already have available to them in Jesus Christ. Right. And what's better than a man who looks at you to see if you've been naughty or nice is a, is a God who, despite your naughtiness, he still gives you more than you could ask or imagine. Because he loves you that much. And that, hopefully, as a parent, you can say that's the way I love you as well. Yeah, That my love for you is not contingent on your behavior. And yet, I love you so much that I'm going to call you to better behavior. So I do think confronting consumerism, addressing these things in discipline, remembering people that have been forgotten, you know, reading together, praying, singing. What a great time of year to do that. And if you want to incorporate a little innocent bit of Santa imagination, I'm not against it. But I'd encourage you, consider where are you trying to deceive your child or where are you trying to celebrate what Christ has done? And let that be a barometer for whether your family wants to engage in this or not. It's also an easy example of something that often spouses disagree about. Mm. You may have had a household that you grew up in that your spouse grew up in a different kind of household when it comes to Santa. And it's an okay thing to navigate together, to be gracious with one another and decide together how we're going to do this for the sake of our kids. Uh, But don't miss out on the incredible opportunity you have to lead your home spiritually. All right, you can join the conversation by finding the Family Discipleship Podcast on social media. Thanks for listening. And if you think it's as important as we do to disciple our families, give us a great review wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode with one of your friends. We'll see you on season two in 2022.